You are listening to African Perspectives with host Brother Oshi on Time for an Awakening Media, part of the Black Talk Radio Network. For podcasting or live program scheduling, hit them up at timeforanawakening at gmail.com. Listen, people, 
Listening to African Perspectives, where we view the issues of our day from an African worldview and African centered perspective. This program is unapologetically African. It is a custom in the African tradition to ask elders for permission to speak, having been granted permission to our ancestors whose shoulders we stand on, to our elders whose shadows we walk in. I greet you, my dear brothers and sisters. In the language of one of the greatest civilizations on this planet, it gave the world the basic disciplines of knowledge of science, math, architecture, music, writing, law, religion, you name it, we did it. The Greeks called it Egypt, but they called themselves Kemet, and Kemet means land of the blacks. I greet you all in the Kemetic language, the word of peace, Hotep. It is truly an honor and a privilege to pour libation because we truly do stand on the shoulders of those who came before us. We're going to use water because water has no enemies. Water is the great cleanser, the great purifier. Everything on the planet that lives, it needs water from a tiny microscopic organism to a tall redwood tree. We pour water into the earth to invoke the spirits of our ancestors and we say the word ashe. It simply means so be it. So we pour this libation to God for all that God has done and for all that God will do. We say, we pour this libation to Mother Africa, birthplace of all humanity, everyone who has lived, everyone who will live in the future. We all have a common ancestral root in Africa. We pour this libation to the classical civilizations of Africa. I mentioned Kemet in the opening. Kemet was the height, the apex, the zenith of African high culture. But there were others as well, as Timeri, Punt, and Nubia. So we poured us libation to the classical civilizations of Africa. 
You say, Ashe? We poured us libation to the contemporary civilizations of Africa, of Ghana, Mali, Zangai, Benin, Great Zimbabwe, civilizations that were flourishing and growing while Europe was in a medieval or dark age. The University of Sankare at Timbuktu, an outstanding educational institution. So we poured us libation to the contemporary civilizations of Africa. We say, Ashe? We poured us libation to the Ma'afa, the holocaust of our enslavement, the Infakani, the great tragedy, uprooted out of Africa. Our brothers and sisters lay a carpet along the Atlantic Ocean. We're in North America, South America, Central America, and throughout the diaspora. So we poured us libation to our brothers and sisters who suffered the Ma'afa, the Infakani, the holocaust of our enslavement, the great tragedy. We pour this libation in their honor and in their memory. We do not know their names, but because of them and their sacrifice, we are here. So we sashay. We pour this libation to those who fought against enslavement. If you ever heard me do a libation, you will know that we were not slaves. I repeat, we were not slaves. We were captives. What does a captive want to do? Get free. So we poured us libation to all those men and women who fought against enslavement. In fact, I maintain that some of us are more of a slave today than we were in our initial captivity because some of us are a slave to vice, to corruption, to drugs, sex, and violence. So we poured us libation to those who fought against enslavement. Gabriel Prosser, Nat Turner, Denmark Vesey, Harriet Tutman. We always resisted. And we will always resist. So we pour this libation in the name and the honor of those men and women who fought against our captivity. We pour this libation to those unborn, those young men and women who will once again lead us back on the stage of human history as a free and proud and productive people. We sashay. We pour this libation to brotherhood and sisterhood together for the union of of family. We need each other. We don't have good family life. There's a saying, conditions shape conduct and consciousness. The conditions in our community are bad. The conduct towards each other is not good. Because why? We lack consciousness. And consciousness is more than just awareness. Consciousness is a deeper understanding of who you are historically, who you are culturally. So once we begin to understand the importance of brotherhood and sisterhood together for the union of family. Brothers and sisters, let us all say, Ashe, Ashe. You are listening to Time for an Awakening Media, part of the Black Talk Radio Network. For podcasts or live programming, hit them up at timeforanawakening.com. Good morning, African world. You are listening to African Perspectives here on the Motherland Media Network on timeforanawakening.com and blacktalkradionetwork.com. And I am your host, Baba Oshi Hotep family. Hope everything is well with you today. Hope you're going to have a good day today on this Wednesday. Hope you, hope you get, a, get a chance to do all the things you want to do, should do, must do, can do, and will do. Hoping, too, that the weather will be accommodating for you to do it. But, of course, if it is not. And it has to get done. It must be done. It will get done because you will get it done. Appreciate that. Love that in you. 
This is African Perspectives. We're here every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, 11 a.m. to 1 p.m., 10 to 12 Central, 9 to 11 Mountain, 8 to 10 Pacific, any other time around the world. But if you cannot listen to this program live, you can always go to our archives at timeforanawakening.com. At the top of the page, you'll see podcasts. Click on that. The drop down, you'll see African Perspectives. Click on that, and there will be programs that are dated and titled, as well as going to your uh, whatever search engine you might use. Google, Firefox, whatever. Time for an awakening. Yes, that's right. Go to time for an awakening. At the middle of the page, you'll see it. Click on that. In fact, that's what you should do when this broadcast is live because tune in, they break for commercials. You don't want them. You can just go right to time for an awakening. Click on that and then you can listen to the program commercial free, uninterrupted. Okay? And of course, you can listen to the replays Okay, on time for an awakening. Also, to babaoshi.net, b a b a o s h i dot net, babaoshi.net. Right, all right. Uh, we buy black, we buy black, the largest online marketplace for American African owned businesses. It's we buy black.com. Brothers and sisters, get everything you need from American African. Own businesses, webuyblack.com. Brothers and sisters, donate to webuyblack.com. Go to the website and donate. Let them help them meet their goal to having a supermarket here in the metropolitan Atlanta area that will grow, that will provide jobs for our children and our people, that will help the American African farmers have an outlet. And then let's do it again in Chicago, in Dallas, in Detroit, wherever. Wherever we are in decent numbers. Pull our resources together and develop business. Particularly things that we desperately need in terms of supermarkets. Supermarkets that are big enough to be just like any Kroger that is, or, or damn near any Walmart. I don't know necessarily be like a Walmart that's all encompassing, but at least a supermarket that also has a pharmacy that also has all the other things that it can offer. But man, in this day and age, in 2023, we rely so heavily on the European for our very existence. We rely on people who can't stand us, who hate us, who on a daily basis work for our demise and to eliminate us. <sighs> let me let me continue. <laughs> Africa. Africa for the Africans. Brother Bamani Tahimba, you know, he is uh he's left. That's right, Brother Bamani's left the building. He took off. Today, because today is the 24th and he's gone to, gone to, um, gone to Ghana, May, May 24th to June 5th. And he'll be back and we will talk with him and see how things went in Ghana. And then, um, July 20th through the 30th, July 20th through the 30th, Rwanda, 
November 16th through the 27th. The 16th through the 27th, Tanzania. December 24th to January 4th, 2024, Azinia. March 29th to April 9th, 2024, Liberia. July 11th through July 23rd, 2024, Ghana. November 21st to December 2nd, 2024, Kemet. And then April 1st to April 11th, 2025, Senegal and Gambia. And of course, on the website family, you can get all the information you need to help you make a trip of a lifetime. You don't have to necessarily go with Brother Bomani, but all the information is there. The, the papers you may need, the visas, the shots, and so forth. Also, too, if you want to see pictures, go to facebook.com forward slash Bomani. You want to see videos, go to youtube.com forward slash Bomani 2007. Africa for the Africans. Dot org. Habesha Incorporated. Habesha Incorporated.org, helping Africa by establishing schools at home and abroad. They have their um, organic fest coming up Saturday, June 24th, from noon to 8 p.m., 477 Windsor Street, in here in Atlanta, 30321. It's that zip code area. And they're going to have gardening workshops, tours. Kumba Children's Corner, Holistic Food Vendors, Live Music and Entertainment. Also, too, if you remember, the Kashi Project, which was an, in, uh, unveiled in October last year in Ghana. And, of course, the programs that they have here ongoing, Habashaw Works, Black to Our Roots, Golden Growers, Sustainable Season, Urban Green Jobs. Habashaw. Incorporated.org. Ledge Group. Ledge stands for Land for the Environmental Development for Group Economics. The Ledge Group, brothers and sisters. That's right. They deal in the four areas of human existence, which is food, water, clothing, and shelter. They have 12 projects in six different countries and with over 170 employees and over 260 members. Become a member of the Ledge Group. Land for the environmental development for group economics. Bibi Atumi, A-B-I-B-I-T-U-M-I. Okay, we got to go back to Bibi Atumi, but they're having their conference in July. We'll have more on that because the website ain't acting right. Hey, they're coming out of Africa. You know, things happen. And um, it's my pharmacy, Brother Jabril, and his wife and family dealing with holistic health. If you want to know more, if you want to talk to him, you have some issues, and maybe he'll come up with a plan for you that'll bypass all the prescription drugs that you're tired of taking. Give him a call at 770-765-7751. That's 770-765-7751. Smy Pharmacy. Drop him an email at smypharmacy at gmail. S-M-A-I-F-A-R-M-A-C-Y at gmail.com. Brother Moses West and the Moses West Foundation. That's right. The Moses West Foundation provides clean, 
and safe drinking water to communities worldwide through sustainable missions. Has a 501 veteran and minority-owned nonprofit organization. We're dedicated to making a lasting impact on the global water crisis with our innovative atmospheric water generator, AWG technology. We address disaster impact zones, water scarcity, and water rescue. Your contribution helps us fulfill our mission to improve access to clean water. Support us today and help change the world. The Moses West Foundation family. You you already know that they're they're working in Jackson, Mississippi. They were in Flint. I told you about that situation. And so this is a global crisis, family. It's a global crisis. The issue of access to water. There's no shortage of water. I ain't talking about looking at all the rivers and lakes and and uh, oceans. The fact is, some of the waters you can't drink for a number of reasons. But this brother has created an atmospheric water generator machine, taking moisture and water out of the air, going through a filterization process. I don't know if you, when we had him on over a month ago, we asked Brother Moses because they had that train derailment in Ohio. If they had a train derailment like that and all those toxins released and so forth, could it still work? And he said yes, because what it does, it targets the H2O molecule. It doesn't target anything else. Everything else is kicked to the curb and that molecule is generated and then it goes through a filterization process and bam, clean water. Yep, it'll still work. Wadada is Healthy Marketing Juice Bar located in the West End here in the Atlanta area. The West End on Ralph David Abernathy Boulevard, right by the West End Mall, right across the street from Soul Vegetarian, up the street from the Shrine of the Black Madonna. The Wadada is Healthy Marketing Juice Bar, brothers and sisters. They have a lot in store. Give them a call at 404 444 1635. 404. One six three five. Wadabas. The Medu Bookstore in the Greenbrier Mall. Mama Nia. She has a fine selection of books, postcards, greeting cards, gift certificates, t-shirts, figurines, and so much more. Give her a call at 404-346-3263. 404-346-3263. The Medu Bookstore in the Greenbrier Mall. The Black Dock. Bookstore and Cultural Center and Coffee Bar located east of Atlanta off of I-20 going east. Exit 74. Make a left. Now you're going north about a mile. And on the left will be the new, well, on the left will be the Black Dot Cultural Center and Bookstore and Coffee Bar. Give Brother Gazimde Ajamu a call at 770-305-6373-770-305-6373. There is light in the black dot. Jump back on that road and head south and then make a left because if you're going south and you make a left, now you're going east. And the next exit is exit 75, Turner Hill Road. Make a right, four lights. Make another right and there is the new Black Wall Street Market. The new Black Wall Street Market. Oh, man. Talked to a few other people this past weekend at the Malcolm X Festival about the new Black Wall Street market. 
I didn't meet the brother. I met him, the brother who started it when they were still, they hadn't opened yet because I was so inquisitive. I came there to check it out and um, and realized they were not going, they were going to open, but not to full capacity, not the way they should have. They kind of piecemeal and then the many businesses uh, couldn't afford it because there was no business. And so if you go there now, there's still areas that are just vacant, you know? And so I hate how it, because I, I would love to have seen it just in its glory and, and the parking lot full and things that were happening. And, and that may happen and unfortunately it may never happen. But check it out. The new Black Wall Street Market right off of I-20 and exit 75 Turner Hill Road. Yeah. Us lifting us. Us lifting us. Tomorrow night's uh, broadcast, Blog Talk Radio, blogtalkradio.com forward slash ULU. Tomorrow night, Thursday night at 9 from 9 to 10 on Us Lifting Us. You know, if you want to listen, if you want to call to listen or you have questions, comments, or concerns, dial 929-477-2789. That's 929-477-2789. Us Lifting Us, the Economic Development Cooperative for Our People. Homeland Village and Cultural Gift Shop in Macon, Georgia. Brother BJ, he's got so much to offer. It's, you know, yeah, so much. I mean, they do a lot of great things at the Homeland Village in Macon, Georgia. They are holistic health, beauty products, oils, incense, CDs, DVDs, literature, jewelry, Pan-African fashions, furniture. Man, he even has a vegan restaurant on the premise. So that's Homeland Village. They open Tuesday through Sunday, 11 a.m. to 8 p.m. Tuesday through Sunday, 11 a.m. to 8 p.m. Give Brother Abija a call at 478 256 1166. 478 256 1166. Sun Goddess Sense. Sun Goddess Sense, your one stop natural shop located 4140 Jonesboro Road in Forest Park, Georgia, inside the International Discount Mall, booth 225. For, for more information, contact my sister, Shelly Armand said at 404 434. 7963. That's 404 434 7963. Sun Goddess Sense, your one stop natural shop. Sanjay Dash Haiti, Sister Gabriella Aurelia has been doing outstanding work, Sister Gabby, in helping prepare the children in the northeastern portion of the island of Haiti up in the hills. They rely strictly solely on the benevolence of us. Of us. Don't disappoint them. Go check it out at Sanjay, S-O-N-J-E dash Haiti, A-Y-I-T-I dot org. Sanjay dash Haiti dot org. And uh, man, help the children out. You know? Exactly. Help the children out. <sighs> Baba Baruti and Mama Enia getting ready for the uh, ninth annual Complementarity Conference, African Love is Beautiful. I say, African Love is Beautiful. That's going to be next Saturday, next Saturday, June 3rd, from 4 p.m. to 7 p.m. It's going to be online. 
to Broody's singles and co-parenting, all kinds of questions you can ask. Um, $35 a couple, $20 an adult, and $10 for teens. Okay? And, of course, you want to uh, make your payment for donation, 35 for a couple, 20 for individuals and teens, to Complimentarity Conference, your name and your email address so they can send you the link and you can participate. Also, too, Ackerman Institute has a summer school program. They're offering a four-week online uh, program June 19th, Juneteenth Day through July 14th. Mama Ya is doing one-on-one sessions with dealing with language, art, and math for those pre-algebra and all kinds of good tutoring. And that's Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, 9 a.m. to noon, and then from 1 p.m. to 4 and then Baba Baruti on Tuesdays and Thursdays, dealing with our history, Tuesdays and Thursdays from 9 a.m. to 11, and then chess, the game of chess. All right. <sighs> Other programming that we have here. Well, actually, we only have two pieces of programming here, and that is um, this program every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. And... Time for an Awakening. Time for an Awakening on Fridays at 8 p.m. with Brother Elliot and Brother Richard and then Sunday at 7 p.m. And the number to call is 215-490-9832. 215-490-9832. Yeah. So, family, I'm going to read from the Inya, the Inya Sassim of daily revolutionary thought and then uh, get into what we're going to get into today which of course is um, what, I, what I said I would do and that's play some stuff that Brother Paul has sent. Brother Paul sends me all kinds of great stuff and so it's so much stuff that I even as I was trying to go through it I have some things in mind so because there's so much and, and it'll be good for discussion. And that's what it's about. May 23rd. Africa. How about I do this? How about I do that? Afrocentric practitioners do not practice nor teach accommodationism. The chosen way of those who are cowardly those who fear or who cannot envision holistic freedom and authentic independence. Cecil County Gray. We always have to bear in mind that this is not a traditional African society. We do not live in a place where the cultural or social climate our ancestors created prevails. Neither old nor new European is our natural reality. They are not designed to benefit us. Instead, they are designed to destroy us and everything about us that in any way contradicts European imperatives and dominance. They are designed to benefit Europeans. There is nothing about Western society has an unnatural, naturally occurring phenomenon that prizes or nurtures Africans. We cannot be normal here. We cannot be our African selves here. Is antithetic to African. It cannot accommodate us as African, and they cannot allow us to be free in their midst. To beg, 
for either is irrational for any African advancing in the tradition. I say, affirm I fearlessly walk in the light of our tradition. Affirm I fearlessly walk in the light of our tradition because I'm African, brothers and sisters. And if you heard me, you heard me many times. We ain't black. Somebody said black African. No, they ain't no black Africans. There's Africans. Because to, to, to say they're black Africans mustn't say that they're white Africans. Or Chinese Africans. China's all up in here. They, 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 they've already have children born there. Are those children African? Because they were born by an African? I say no. Anybody that comes into Africa that are not historically and culturally indigenous to Africa are not African. I don't give a damn how long they've been here. I don't give a damn who they meet with. They're not African. Now we can have some debate about those offspring. You know, because you know how offspring have been uh, steered to identify with the oppressor even though the oppressor hates the fact that they had a child through an African woman and the child really doesn't look like them. But the child has been trained to believe that, you know, they're just as much as European as the European that border. <laughs> yeah, right. May 24th. How long have I been living in hell? for heaven how long have I been living in hell for heaven Margaret Walker most surely abused children honestly believe that their parents actually love them in their desperate attempt to bring a, to bring out the love in those who should naturally love them many even actively seek this abuse in an effort to gain any form of attention from them having confused love and hate most adults abused by their spouses or mates operate in that same way. It is not different from mental sight or Africans at the hands of Europeans. In all these cases, the contradiction is blatantly evident. Love of parents and compliments is very distinct from hate. You do not abuse people you truly love. And applying the European psychobabble that abuse of significant others is caused by an absence of love of self is irrelevant. That's the same oppressor's loving logic that says that the enslavers who beat and butchered our ancestors suffered so much as their victims suffered as much as their victims. Only a mental side of slave would prefer his or her pain over that self-servingly attributed to his or her enslavers. Only a masochistic feels for his or her torturer. In our oppressor's loving menticide, we are supposedly supposed to feel sympathy for the judge who sentenced one of our sisters to prison because he or she is having a personal problem. I doubt if the sister held captive would care. We're supposed to 
pity rednecks who lynch our brothers in, from trees, the backs of pickup trucks, and in prison cell because their level of intelligence keeps them from getting whatever jobs we have. Our concern should be for the victim, not the victimizer. It should be with us, not them. Firm. I generally give love to my family. I say, I generously give love to my family. Brothers and sisters, to Inya, Sasim, of daily revolutionary thought. Yeah. Uh, so, unfortunately, for for me, as a basketball lover, of a Los Angeles Laker lover, particularly. The season is over, and I must say, I've garnered more respect for LeBron James. Tremendous respect for LeBron James. Man, he played the whole game. 38 years old, 20 years in the league, the whole game. Built a fifth, scored 30 points in the first half, built a 15-point lead. And they lost that lead immediately in the third quarter. They couldn't, they couldn't bust a great, pathetic. They lost that lead, but they fought hard. And last night, the Boston Celtics fought hard and fought back, and they won. And of course, could they be the first team to uh, go down 0-3 and come back and win four straight? We'll see wouldn't be surprised, honestly. And I could care less than a rat's ass. Anyway, <laughs> that's, a, that's on that. Uh, this, tomorrow, tomorrow is African Liberation Day. And we're going to talk about that on Friday. African Liberation Day. As, and as far as I'm concerned, Tomorrow, African Liberation Day is the most important day of, the, of observance for African people. More so than any day. More so than Kwanzaa. It's definitely more so than Juneteenth. African Liberation Day, above all, is the most important day for African people because it focuses on the liberation of Africa and African people. It focused on independence, self-determination, liberation, and sovereignty for African people. It focuses on, has the model of this program, Pan-Africanism or Paris. Either we have Pan-Africanism, a dynamic Pan-Africanism, or we will perish. Pan-Africanism or perish. Unify or die. We must develop functional unity as African people. And not just on the continent, but throughout the diaspora and connecting globally. That's why, that's why African Liberation Day is so important. Because we need to visualize 
Africans doing for themselves. Africans preparing to run their world. Africans preparing to run the land and manage the resources and manage the people and develop those things that will help sustain our people. Roads, sewage systems, schools, hospitals, ports, airports, highways, highways that link the continent up, highways where uh, because of how you did it, the migration flows of animals still go on unimpeded, still go on in beauty and splendor. We can do this, brothers and sisters. We can do this. You know, I, I, I really hate, I really hate this world. I really do. I really hate this world where Europeans have so whitewashed the minds of humanity to give the appearance that they're, they're the only ones that can do anything. And they just had a coronation with all the splendor and beauty and, and all the jewels and gold that is that, that Britain has stolen. The Europeans are nothing but a bunch of damn thieves. They deserve no attention. Well, yes, I, I, I backtrack. They definitely deserve attention because of how they are and what they're capable of. But they deserve no respect whatsoever. I, I don't put anything uh, or say, wow, Look what they have done and how they, no, hell with them. They're a bunch of liars and thieves, all of them. Europeans, murderers. You know, I, I, I never forget when I was watching the program, oh God, so long ago. I think it was even before I was a firefighter, I'm not sure. So maybe 50 years ago, maybe low, long, longer, I don't know, whatever. And they're talking about evil. They're talking about evil in the world and, and they pointed out Adolf Hitler, of course. They pointed out Adolf Hitler. And of course, there have to be some European Jews on the panel. So they definitely pointed that out, some others. you know. But I was already aware of King Leopold of Belgium at the time. And why wouldn't he gave mention? Why was he given mention? He killed millions more. Allegedly, Hitler killed six million. That's allegedly. And and I don't want to squabble about the number if he killed one or if he killed six men. So be it. But but who killed tens of millions tens of millions cutting off cutting off their hands in Belgium of course where they have chocolate and of course uh, I'm going to play something on chocolate that brother Paul sent because 
you know, I can identify with that. Like when I was, I think my first or second time in, in Ghana, I'm sitting in a coffee farm, a coffee plantation. You know, I hate that word. And I'm, and I'm looking out and, you know, I'm thinking all of this raw material right here for us to take advantage of to develop you know but that's why I keep directing you to this Caucasian named Howard Nichols because Howard Nichols is saying he is saying and doing what Europeans are doing that is making sure that Africans don't develop anything keeping them poor keeping them poor so they can get the mineral wealth out of Africa at an inexpensive or free keeping the mineral wealth in their possession don't let Africa develop anything so all that chocolate all that cocoa goes to Europe to England, Cadbury's, to Belgium, Belgium chocolate, Swiss chocolate, German chocolate. And then when you go to then then when you go to Ghana, then when you go to Ghana, you see brothers and sisters on the street, you know, with big plates on it, big uh, uh, things on their heads, selling chocolate from Switzerland chocolate from America chocolate from the UK from Belgium in Belgium they make chocolate hands from the hands that they cut off symbolically making chocolate hands from the hands that did not produce enough rubber, did not produce enough cocoa. They make hands. The arrogance of the Caucasian is unbelievable. Let me get a caller here. 646. 646. Good afternoon. Hey, what's happening, Oki? I was just tuning in to see what you were talking about. Uh, Well, I'm talking about a little bit of everything. Um, I'm going to play some of Brother Paul's stuff that he has sent. Uh, a lot of stuff, and I'm just trying to make sure I, you know, get the ones I think will spur discussion and be understood. So I'm going to play a few. I'll probably do it since the, uh, I might do one before the break and then one after the break. Yeah, but those 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 Belgians, man, um, what was that, Leopold? Yeah, Leopold. Yeah, no. they were, they, they were no, they were no joke. No. Just like um, no. those that sent um, our people over to Liberia. Yeah. Yeah. You know, the bottom the bottom line is the white man has never been a friend or an ally to black people, and I don't know where these Negroes get this nonsense from well, that they are. I well, mean, like, I, I always ask this one, this one question. Can you name one place where any people, any people on this planet of color have lived amongst themselves and the white man ain't coming to 
their mates and cause other destruction. There's no place there's no place on the planet. So if you know that and you understand that, why the F would you ever want to deal with them and ever have them in your surroundings? I don't I don't understand that. Yeah, well especially as a nation. Well see what has happened of course, obviously the control that the European has, particularly over imagery, uh, media, and so forth, he makes himself look honorable. He makes himself look good. He makes himself look, you know, giving into all that bullshit. He makes himself that way because he has that at his advantage. And so we, gullible sometimes as we can be, we kind of believe this. We believe that somehow if we, we can wear the Caucasian down we can make the Caucasian understand uh, what they've done to us and then apologize maybe, but more importantly, uh, let us be a part of what has happened, what you have done, what you're doing, and we share in this, you know, as, as opposed to saying to hell with you and anything that you have done, we're going to do things our way and for ourselves. And if it causes you dissatisfaction, good, because the hell with you, you know, but we seem not to be able to do that. Also, too, under the history, uh, 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 Jay, is violence. Under the history is violence. And it's been violence since that interaction. Violence since that thing, con- since uh, uh, they, they, there was a connection. In ancient times, with Neanderthal, with more contemporary times, with the Greeks, later the Romans, even the Arabs, it's always been violence. It's always been them subjugating us. You know, we, you know, only time that we did something to fight back, like when, when Hannibal Hannibal uh, uh, went out of, of Libya or Tripoli, crossed the Alps to fight the Europeans, to push them back. You know, and then of course, uh, that was the battle cry. Uh, Hannibal or um, they must be defeated, you know, and of course, eventually that uh, they were, you know, but uh, that's always been this case. It's, it is a battle, and yet we don't understand this. We think that some way, somehow, we can appeal to these people and they will act in kind. It hasn't happened, it's not happening, and it's showing the hell ain't gonna happen. But yeah. yeah, but the question is, appeal on what? In, in what sense? What sense do you appeal with 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 something and someone that is so utterly destructive to humanity? I mean, you know, I, I, hey, it is it is what it is, man. Yeah. You know, Negroes are gonna do whatever they're gonna do in regards to loving this white man. They're not. They not go. They not go gear this white man up. You know what I mean? It's it it it's. What is it in their interest to give them up? How, yeah. how do they? How well, do they I look at it this way. I I, I agree with you, but I think that there has to come a point in the time that we do that. We say, those who are with us, come on. Those who are not, y'all go. If y'all don't want to give the cracker up, go ahead with him. Because we're going to do, there has to come a point in time. Because that point in time has to come up for our very survival as a people. We're the first people on this planet. And, 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 but let's be real. Some argue, well, we can't, 
you know, we, we can't be a racist. No, yes, we can. Yes, we can. When you have an evil entity who has technology, artificial intelligence, other devious means, nefarious means at their disposal, yes, we can. You know, and but yet we we are, are, are praying for divine intervention. That oh no, that can't happen because God will stop that. Shit, God ain't stopped shit. Never, has, has he, he ever, ever stopped it? Has he ever has stopped God it? Ever stopped it? No, because ain't no has, damn has, God. Has God has God ever? If, if I always look at it this way, if there was a God, why would God allow the white man to do the evil that he do? If there was really a God. In that perspective, that those who speak of God, why would God allow to happen what has happened to people over these last, uh, we can just talk these last 600 years, yeah. if there was a God. Yeah. Why, would, why would God allow for the white man to do to us what he's done to us? I mean, come on. Why would God allow the drop-in? of the atomic bomb on Nikoshima. Why would God allow these things to happen? Why has not God revealed himself and come back and made this world what it's supposed to be in his eyes? Come on, man. That's yeah. that fairy tale bullshit. Yeah, that, you know that got yeah. us in the in the yeah. in the madness. There, there is yeah. now. Is there a creator? Is there something that created man and in the earth and all of these things? Yeah, but the concept of this God is nothing more than a total manipulation. Because if God was what the reflection of what you say He is. He would never allow a people to be treated like we no. have been treated. No. Come on. Come on. Let's be honest. No. That, that's logical thinking. It would have to be logical thinking. Why would a just God allow the white man to do what he's done? I want somebody to really tell me why. One of these Christian nuts. I know they got one on this on, on listening <laughs> right now who <laughs> need to dial in. And tell us, and tell us why he believes that his God is who he is, yeah. and he's gonna come one day and save us. Hey, if he come and he do what he said he's gonna do, how did it just how do one justify the white man staying on the effing planet? He would be the first one God would have to eliminate to get any type of balance. Wait. Isn't that what Mao did in China? Got rid yeah. of the low lights, the no oh, good. Oh yeah, he got filth. rid. Of, yeah, he got rid of all the folks who he felt did not go into the plan to help China become a power and and to have some equity. He got rid of lawyers. They killed him. They got rid of, yeah. of big money folks. They killed him. You know. And it, it, it was it and look was no at the choice. country now. Yeah, look at it now. It's it's a it's it, you know Americanism. Everybody talks about America is the big dog. Nah, man, America ain't the big dog. China is the big dog. Yeah. They got the same amount of weapons. They got more cash. They got more people. They got more land. They got more relationships around the world that yeah. that that are more balanced. 
than yeah. America. Come on, man. That's just America talking that BS. I mean, how could... Now, think about this. This, this just goes to show the shit for what it is. How is it that America goes for someone else to get something, but we don't? Hold on one second. America produces our goods. Yeah. Well, America, unfortunately, well, unfortunately you know, continues to espouse the belief that they're yeah. great. And, and you have these Republicans who are... Uh, I'm so glad you knocked on my door. Yes. Uh, thank you, my love. Have All a right. good day. Thank you. All right. Somebody yeah. knocking are on you your the door. Yeah. Somebody's knocking on Jay's door. Yeah. Last time. I reported it, though. Oh, no. I'm no butt. It's going to be my route. All right. Thank you. Just knock on my door. No problem. Thank you, love. Have a good day. Was that the, was that the, was that the postal lady? Nah, that's the um, <laughs> that's the Amazon lady. Oh, the Amazon you know, lady. I had okay. a problem with the <laughs> with the uh, with <laughs> with the. Uh, but no, seriously. Oh, I mean, if you think about it, China is supposed to be a bad guy. China is supposed to be this and that. But why is everything that we consume in this country, China produces it yeah. for us? Hey, listen, 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 me and Mama Nabanta were talking at, at the Malcolm X Festival. Wouldn't it be great that we say that even because all the African clothes that were uh, out there, mostly all of them, mostly all of them came out of China, where all the patterns, all the clothing were uh, uh, made in China, produced, produced in China. Whoa. Yeah. Yeah. So the, the, the question we were saying, oh, wouldn't it be great if Ghana produced these clothes, if Nigeria produced these clothes, you know, if Kenya produced that's these the clothes? A, that's the way it's supposed to that's be. That's exactly. And, and, and to be honest with you, it would probably be cheaper. Yeah. And, the, and, and the thing is, and the thing is, it's not something that's hard to 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 set up. Because at one time I was doing a little bit of um, import-export, just a little slightly. I did maybe two two or three deals. And the thing that I learned most from it is, Oshie, to be honest with you, is you got to have somebody here and you got to have, have somebody, somebody there. where you're Some, doing exactly. business at you that you there. trust. Exactly. Because if you don't, Yep. The deal is not the deal is not gonna go yep. the way that it should. I got right. screwed in one, and right. one was whatever. But it's not hard to to do that because let me tell you something: you got some of the finest tailors in the world in Africa. Sure. Because you I know the, the one that does my stuff. Yeah. He's from um, I think he's from Guinea. Mm-hmm. I think he's from Guinea. The, the brother that does my clothes yeah. um, whenever I'm getting something made. But the thing is, that's that's not something that's not hard to put together because the the, the, the material and all of those things are, are in place. It's how you forge the relationship that makes it do what it do. Yeah. 
Well, listen, brother. That, that, that's what it boils down to. I agree. I'm going to take a break here when I come back from the break. All right. Talk to Brother Paul on the other side. I'm going to play some things that Brother Paul has sent me to spur this conversation. So thank you, Brother Jay. Hold on, okay? Right on. All right, family. This is African Perspectives. We're here every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. And African Perspectives, 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. And so we're going to go ahead and uh, play some music. Okay, African Perspectives. We'll be right back. You stay with us. You are listening to African Perspectives with host Brother Oshi on Time for an Awakening Media, part of the Black Talk Radio Network for podcasting or live program scheduling. Hit them up at timeforanawakening at gmail.com.
You are listening to Time for an Awakening Media, part of the Black Talk Radio Network. For podcasts or live programming, hit them up at timeforanawakening.com. Welcome back, brothers and sisters. Once again, you're listening to African Perspectives here on the Motherland Media Network on timeforanawakening.com and blacktalkradionetwork.com. Welcome back, family. I'm going to, um, Brother Paul was on. I hope he calls back because we're going to play some things that Brother Paul has sent us. The first one we're going to play and then have some discussion on and hope you, and Brother Rick is there. Hang on there, brother. I ain't talked to you in a while. Good to see that you're still with us. Um, is dealing with the international cities, Washington, D.C., London, and the Vatican. These three cities, as you listen to this information, run the world, so they say. And let's have some discussion on it. Because I tell you, you know, these three cities, they have a lot of they have a lot of input, a lot of you know, they they run the world. And a lot of times we don't understand that because we think that America does. It ain't America. No, it ain't they it ain't America. So check this out, family. third city-state was officially created in 1982. That city-state is called the District of Columbia and is located on 10 square miles of land in the heart of Washington. The District of Columbia flies its own flag and has its own independent constitution. Although geographically separate, the city-states of London, the Vatican, and the District of Columbia are one interlocking empire called Empire of the City. The flag of Washington's District of Columbia has three red stars, one for each city-state in the three-city empire. This corporate empire of three city-states controls the world economically through London's inner city, militarily through the District of Columbia, and spiritually through the Vatican. The Constitution for the District of Columbia operates under a tyrannical Roman law known as Lex Fori, which bears no resemblance to the U.S. Constitution. When Congress passed the Act of 1871, it created a separate corporate government for the District of Columbia. This treasonous act allowed the District of Columbia to operate as a corporation outside the original Constitution of the United States and outside of the best interests of American citizens. A sobering study of the signed treaties and charters between Britain and the United States exposes a shocking truth. The United States has always been, and still is, a British crown colony. King James I was famous not for just changing the Bible into the King James Version, but for signing the first charter of Virginia in 1606. That charter granted America's British forefathers a license to settle and colonize America. The charter also guaranteed that future kings and queens of England would have sovereign authority over all the citizens and colonized land in America stolen from the Indians. After America declared its independence from Great Britain, the Treaty of 1783 was signed. That treaty specifically identifies the King of England as the Prince of the United States and contradicts the belief that America won the War of Independence. 
Although King George III of England gave up most of his claims over his American colonies, he kept his right to continue receiving payment for his business venture of colonizing America. If America had really won the War of Independence, they would never have agreed to pay debts and reparations to the King of England. When Congress passed the 13th Amendment to the Constitution, the U.S. President was made subservient to the King of England. The 13th Amendment is called the Title of Nobility Amendment and forbids U.S. Presidents and their officials from using royal titles like King or Prince or Baron. For some mysterious reason, the 13th Amendment, which was ratified in 1810, no longer appears on current copies of the Constitution. America's blood-soaked war of independence against the British bankrupted America and turned its citizens into permanent debt slaves of the king. In the War of 1812, the British torched and burned to the ground the White House and all U.S. government buildings and destroyed ratification records of the U.S. Constitution. One century later, a corrupt U.S. Congress committed the biggest theft in world history. They passed Paul Warburg's Federal Reserve Act in 1913, handing over America's gold and silver reserves and total control of America's economy to the Rothschild banksters. Most Americans still believe that the Fed or Federal Reserve is the government. It is not. The Fed is a privately owned banking system whose majority Class A shareholders are the Rothschilds, Warburgs, Kuhn and Loeb, J.P. Morgan, Rockefeller, Israel Seif, and the Lehman Brothers. This private banking cartel is the Fed and is never audited and never pays taxes. They print and design America's money, which displays their symbols of an Egyptian pyramid, a Masonic all-seeing eye, and the words, in God we trust. Who exactly is the God they trust? They also collect American taxpayers' money through the IRS. Then they loan it back again with interest to pay for roads, bridges, and other public. Most U.S. citizens believe that the United States is a country and that the president is the most powerful man on earth. The United States is not a country. It is a corporation, and the president is president of the corporation of the United States. He and his elected officials work for the corporation, not for the American people. Since the United States is a corporation, who owns the corporation of the United States? Like Canada and Australia, whose leaders are prime ministers of the Queen, and whose land is called Crown Land, the United States is just another crown colony. Crown colonies are controlled by the empire of three city-states. At the center of each city-state is a towering, phallic-shaped stone monument called an obelisk that points skyward. In D.C. city-state, the obelisk, known as the Washington Monument, was dedicated to Freemason George Washington by the Freemason Grand Lodge of the District of Columbia. The secret of Brotherhood of Freemasons laid the Washington Obelisk's cornerstone in 1848 and contributed 22 Masonic memorial stones. 250 Masonic lodges financed the Washington Monument Obelisk, including the Knights Templar Masonic Order. At the heart of London city-state is a 187-ton, 69-foot-tall Egyptian obelisk called Cleopatra's Needle. It was transported from Egypt and erected on the banks of the River Thames. In Vatican City, another Egyptian obelisk towers high above St. Peter's Square.
Yeah. City states. They run it. That, 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 of course, the Tekken, which is the proper name for it, the Greeks called it an obelisk, is us, it's African, it, it is a symbol of man's ability to regenerate, to reproduce. And if you don't know the story, you can go ahead and get the story. But um, they co-opt everything. These are some evil people, family. Been saying this and saying this. These are some evil people. And, and, and But yet, yet, I don't expect, and we should not expect, the leadership that we have. We need the grassroots leadership. We need those who understand that we got to get up out of this. The leadership that we have continues to beg and plead Caucasians for, for them to act right, to do right, to be right. Uh, Brother Paul, how you doing, Brother Paul? How you doing? Baba Ochi, Baba Ochi. I'm alive and kicking, and uh, if I'm alive, I know I can do better, and better I've tried to do my Baba Ochi. Right on. I appreciate you, man. Yeah, I'm I'm playing some of the stuff that you sent. I just played the, the piece with the uh, city-states, D.C., London, and the Vatican, who control the world. They control it militarily, which is D.C. They control it financially through London, and they control it spiritually out of uh, the Vatican. And and it's, it's just such a, it's such a deep thing that my, a lot of our people don't want to believe the things that are happening because it's so nefarious, it's so, it's so dastardly, it's so evil. They don't want to believe these things, you know. They want to believe uh, in, 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 in the church and in God and, you know, overcoming all the things. And if you believe and you worship and all that and you pray, <laughs> yeah. Okay. I'm just so grateful that you play this so important information because the reality of it is, Baba Ochi, not everybody um, would even have the audacity or the courage or the or or the integrity to play such a thing because you're right. We 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 are dwelling in belief, and let me just remind you: in the word belief, you see the word lie right. in that word. And that word belief, remember, we are not speaking our language. We are speaking a language of right. pure hocus pocus. Hocus exactly. pocus. That's why they tell you that to learn this language, you've got to learn spelling. It's a language of spells created by druids. You know, when people listen to me, they must think I'm crazy, but they need to read and study. Right. Because you know what you begin right. to realize? You, you know what the, the most shocking thing with information is? The most shocking thing that this thing is not hidden. It's not hidden. No, you know? it's not. It's not. It's right in your face. Right. They're that it's bold. Right this is. It's right in our faces every day. They're telling us every day on TV. They show it to us mm-hmm. when they when we send our children to these schooling yes. falling systems. Right. Yes. They indoctrinate our children's minds yes. with this nonsense. It's every day, Baba. It's every day in our faces. So I'm so pleased. You know, yes, you're going to get pushback. You know, Baba Ochi, let me be honest with you. Even when I hear it myself, because of my indoctrination, because I went to their school in falling systems, I speak English, mm-hmm. right? Right. My brain even tries to push back. My own brain. Yes. 
So I have to, I have to check myself, reevaluate myself and say, so much I've read, so much I've had to decipher, so much pain I've been through. Because when you try and tell people this truth, they push back. They right. see you as the enemy. They treat you like you're the enemy. You understand? Mm. So for me today to hear you play this on a major platform, yeah, they're going to be pushed back. That's natural because we've been totally sure. indoctrinated sure. out of our righteous minds. Baba Ochi, I just want to say this, yeah? Baba Ochi, what I've realized is, you know, and I know people, this is going to get pushed back. Most of this information we've received, we call education. is nothing but a lie. It's just right. a lie. It's a lie. That's why they tell you to believe it. Yep. That's why they're telling you to believe it. Because in the word belief, I'm going to reiterate for the sake of clarity and good order. In the word belief, Mm -hmm. you find the word lie. That's why all these religious people always telling you about belief. You must believe. Mm -hmm. Really what they're telling you, I'm telling you a lie. lie. And you accept it. Don't do no research. Don't go and find out if it's true. Don't Mm -hmm. go and cross-examine it. Don't go and do your own due diligence. Just listen to me as the preacher, as the pastor, as the aman. Just listen to me. Let me tell you a whole leap of hocus pocus. You must just accept it. But today, Baba Ochi, we're not in that time. We're in the time of information, technology, information. So for those of us who have got the integrity or the intelligence to decipher the truth, the truth is in our faces. Right. And you're right. It's right there in our face. But yet... Because we're trained not to accept it. We've been indoctrinated with beliefs, particularly uh, of, of holy beliefs, which have no basis at all in reality. But yet we're trained to believe it and we do. And as a consequence, it, it shields us from the reality, the, the truth that we must deal with. It shields us from the truth that we must deal with. Keeps us believing in fairy tales. Keeps us believing in myth and merriment, all that kind of on fantasy and of course it's to and our that, detriment that, and that's why we're so weak today exactly. we are weak we have to admit it yeah. we are weak mentally we are weak spiritually we are weak yes we and are because we are dwelling in hocus pocus and fairy tales mm-hmm. that is the problem yep we're weak well hang on brother paul i'm gonna try to get some more guys in here and i'm gonna play some more of the things that you have sent me and i appreciate you Love you, Ford. Continue to do so. Let me get 443. 443. Good afternoon. Good afternoon, Baba OG. Hey, what's up? What's up, Irv? How you doing, dear brother? I'm good, my brother Paul is right on point. He he actually sends me most of the things he sends you and I and he and you are you are brave to play this, Baba O uh, Baba Oshi. Uh, I know you have no no it's not a a fear gene in your heart. Uh, if that's what genes are in no. your heart, but you have no fear. You don't fear any man, anything. No. You not are, at this. You, hey, listen, the earth. Not at this juncture of my life. I'm over seventy years old, and and I see and I've seen and I see the and I see our future. It doesn't look good, so I have no fear. I am going to do the best I can to alert my people, inform my people, educate my people, and be an example of that. So I have I fear. There is. There is no fear on my behalf, you know. So I'm going to go. I'm, I'm going to tell the African truth. <laughs> so, and, that, and, and Baba Oji, I'm I'm right there with you, man. I um come what may, the truth can stand by itself, and the truth will live even after people physically have left this earth. 
Johnny M. B. Clark is gone. Amos Wilson is gone. Uh, I can keep naming these historians and these these great Africans. They're gone. But, but their message that's right, is always lives here. On. It, exactly. It lives on, and it will live on, uh, just like what you're saying. The, uh, Brother Paul is an amazing individual. Uh, he uh, he is <laughs> the things, the, the, the conversation that he sparks. Uh, I have so many things to say, um, and I will mm-hmm. hold off and wait until I get my chance to host the show. I got some things <laughs> I want to say. Right on. But he he just sparks so much conversation to me because. He said, "He said we learn to spell, and he and he represents what what they spell, a spell from witchcraft, and he's absolutely correct because mm-hmm. this is this is demonic. The things that are going on now are demonic. When there's no, the one thing that that you know in your mind is the the difference between right and wrong. I'm gonna tell you why really quickly, because the universe will not let you make up your own uh, rules." The universe has universal rules that you have to follow. And if you don't, you'll keep having problems. And you can't understand why. And that's why these Caucasians are always on point because they worship the money. And everything, like he said, the, the United States Incorporated, everything is behind the money, the Rothschilds. And it's hiding in plain sight. But it's not really hiding. Because when you no. socialize a person, the, you, when you're socialized to wear certain glasses when you wear when you look through look at things through a certain lens it could be right in front of you when you can't see it right and, and you're trained a, not to it, it, that's correct mm-hmm. so what we do is we see things through the lens we've been given we think about things with the mind that has that has been coerced and, and and been colonized and so we don't see i, I really quickly i saw on al news this morning where they just opened up a oil refinery in uh, nigeria Hmm. Uh, the first one, and because what they were doing was sending out the raw oil and then buying the gasoline back from the people that they sent the raw <laughs> oil to at a higher price. Because you said this before, Baba Oshie, we have to keep poor. So yeah. now they have, a, it was five presidents sitting there, five presidents, and they all were in, in this together, and they opened up a... An uh, oil refinery, huge oil refinery. So you know what the Caucasian is doing now. The European that identifies himself as white, he's tra- he's already got his hand in it, trying to co- co- mix, mess it up, trying to make something, yeah. make sure he gets his. But but well, look, but just to have an oil refinery is amazing because now the gas will be cheaper. Uh, they they have a well, sense me, of me, they aren't they're, they're born entrepreneur. Yeah, this is a step forward for Africa. Sure, it is a big thing for Africa. I don't care how it got there, how it didn't. Once Africa starts producing a finished product, that's right. That's when Africa will unite. That's when you'll stop going. We went three feet and we had to get a border stamp. Everybody using mm-hmm. different money. And all this, all those things are there to keep Africa separated. That's why you have all these countries. But in the United States, if you notice, they don't. Everybody can go from state to state. You don't have to show anything, right? See, and and it, and that's what that's what gives them the impression that we're together. We're all together. We're one man because we're together. But and but when you got to show a passport. It's psychologically, it makes you believe that you're from somewhere else. You're from down the street, man. You, mm. we, we're all together. So Africa is by design separated. Divided, divided. yes. If you look at the United States real quick, and I'm going to stop. The reason we have all these states 
is because every state border is a disagreement. That's what that is. I disagree with you, so I made a border and I made my own state. But we still the United States, but no I got my own state. Right. Because they all just, they couldn't get along with each other. White right. folks don't like white folks. Right. And of course, and, and, and of course, the inter, the interstate system runs through there. Uh, some places there's tolls, some places there's not. But the function is it functions on behalf of the United States. Let me let me let me play this about night. I want to play two things really. I'm going to play first this because you already mentioned uh, Nigeria. Uh, this brother who who played this particular piece. This is a good piece here. So I'm going to play this. Do it, my brother. Do it. Sure. The origin of Nigeria that shocked the hell out of me. Nigeria was never meant to be a country. It was something else entirely. In this video, I'm going to tell you what I discovered. Oh, and I want to acknowledge Burner Boy for bringing my attention to this in his song, Another Story, on his album, African Giants. Thank you for inspiring this video. And all of you, let Burner Boy know that he got to me, and now I'm sharing this information with you. The creation of Nigeria was never about democracy. Never about Christianity. It was about money, business, and profit. None of it for us. Pay attention. The area now known as Nigeria was called the Slave Coast up to 1870. This was the point at which the British had stopped slave trading and moved on to palm oil as their primary commodity out of Nigeria. One of the main suppliers of palm oil was the Benin Kingdom, and you have to watch my video on one of the greatest African kings most of you have never heard of, Obalvoranwen. This is an important story for me personally because I'm from that region, so they are my people, and his fight with the British Empire over palm Palm oil is one of the greatest stories of African colonial history. Anyway, everyone wanted palm oil, and especially the British. A man called George Goldie set up the United African Company in 1879, which was then changed to the National African Company. He structured the palm oil business in the Niger Delta region, and by 1884, he had a monopoly that the British could exploit. So in 1886, Goldie violated the agreement he had made with the chiefs and moved his operations into River Niger and Benway. The company was also renamed to Royal Niger Company. Goldie tricked the chiefs into signing unfair trade deals, giving Goldie exclusive rights to export palm oil instead of what the chiefs thought would be free trade. These contracts were written in English, a language we didn't understand and based on laws that were not our own. This is similar to the land negotiations done with Native Americans in what is now known as the United States of America, where deals were done via contracts in English with laws that had not to do with the Native Americans. There was a meeting called the Berlin Conference in 1884 to 1885, set up by Germany's first chancellor, Otto van Bismarck. This was where colonial powers discussed how to carve up Africa and structure trade across the pieces of our continent they would take. We were not part of these conversations. The best way to think of this is like the NBA draft. Guys were out there making bids between lunch breaks and spa sessions. At this conference, the kingdom of Opobo was given to Britain. When King Jaja of Opobo tried to export his own palm oil, he was accused of obstructing commerce and then exiled. How crazy is that? And on his way home in 1891, he was poisoned with a cup of tea. Guys, I couldn't make this stuff up. 
The judge of Opobo's story made other chiefs wary of their deals with the British. King Koko of Nembe Brass was one of them. He tried to take down the Royal Niger Company and attacked the company headquarters in Akasa by Elsa on January 29, 1895. King Koko captured 60 white men and lost 40 of his own soldiers. He used the 60 hostages to demand he be allowed free trade, the agreements he believed he had with the British company. They refused and he killed 40 of his hostages. The British Royal Navy retaliated by leveling the city of Brass completely on February 20th, 1895. King Coco went into exile and the British not only took control of the palm oil he once had, but also fined the people of his kingdom 500 pounds as well as confiscating their weapons. Tragically, King Coco committed suicide in exile in 1898 after being branded an outlaw by the British company that had taken his kingdom, palm oil, and reputation. The Royal Niger Company sold its territory to the British government for £865,000 in the late 1800s. This territory was known as Nigeria. In 1914, the Southern Protectorate and Northern Protectorate was combined by Lord Lugard. And like that, the Royal Niger Company was rebranded as a country which would gain independence on October 1st, 1960. And Lugard is a street in Nigeria that still exists today. The Royal Niger Company changed its name to the Niger Company Limited, and it was then acquired by Unilever. Unilever still operates in Nigeria to this day. And that, my brothers and sisters, is how Nigeria came to be. We have a long way to go to fix the country, but we won't ever have a hope and a solution to our problems if we don't know how they started. What I told you in this video is just a small part of the foundations that led to unrest, civil war, economic instability, and so forth. Remember, it's not about asking anyone else to fix this or even wasting time blaming those we know caused and perpetuated it. This is about knowing our history. Nigeria was never a country we created. It was a company designed by colonizers for profits and a lot of the infrastructure put in place for that siphoning of resources out of our land is still very much in place today. Crude oil simply replaced palm oil and soon lithium may replace crude oil. Honestly, I feel angry not just for what happened to my ancestors but for the fact that I wasn't taught about this in school in Nigeria and that our children are not being taught about these things now. Every Nigerian should know everything about who we are and what we are up against. If you would like to support my work, you can become an official supporter from the link on my profile, where you can also follow my free podcast and newsletter and grab a copy of The Crusaders, a graphic novel in English or French, a series about a team of Nigerian siblings who go around the world reclaiming stolen African history one adventure at a time. I like that idea, go around reclaiming our stuff. I love it. Yeah, Nigeria, the largest country in Africa, the largest country in Africa, <laughs> controlled by the British, you know, I tell you family, <laughs> it's deep, isn't it, yeah, let me get another call in here, 202, 202, good afternoon, what's up Rick, how you been? I'm good, brother. How are you? I'm doing I well. I can tell you're doing well. I'm yes, doing sir. Well. I can tell you're doing well. You know, I, when I listen to the the ideas that the callers to this program express, it, it's encouraging. Uh, it, 
and, and, and by the same token, it's also somewhat depressing to know that we are in this condition to have to make these kinds of decisions. This is a concern. Yeah. Um, you know, when I, I, I always think three events happened to me in my life that influenced me. One was my first job I had, lived in D.C. at the time, as a matter of fact, and I worked at a place called Fairfield Farms. And I worked from 1.15 in the morning to 9.45. And as a, the last bus that I could catch would come at 12. And one day I was going to catch the bus and, and got to the stop and looked down the street and I saw the taillights of the last bus. Mm. And I got one, I got two alternatives. I can go home, <laughs> lose my job, or walk. And it was about a good three miles. And, mm. you know, back in the 60s, three-mile walk at 1 o'clock in the morning was yeah. not a – <laughs> you know, it wasn't something you look forward to. Well, I walked and I made it. And, um, you know, I got there late, but I made it. So I, I think about the, all of the history that we are able to gather. Mm-hmm. And I also think about how little of the history that we use to bring about the future that we deserve. Man, we deserve this. And And the problem is we got to get rid of some people. Yeah. And the other pro- the other problem yes, is do. they're trying to get rid of us. us. So here we yeah. are here yeah. we are in a Ponzi scheme. We are in a Ponzi scheme, and you know that that is a at least in my mind that is a very good way to describe what people have been led to believe is a democracy. This is no damn democracy. No, no. my father was one of the smartest men that I ever encountered. And he was a mechanic. He couldn't. He couldn't do any better. It wasn't because he couldn't do any better. They wouldn't let him do any better. Your father was the same way. I don't mm-hmm. know if our parents were entitled right. with intelligence. They, they were never able to express all they could do was genetically transmitted to us, mm-hmm. or at least let them be an example to us, even if it was just a small example, man. You know what you what you, with these two. Uh, 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 Tapes that you ran, if they worked, in fact, they mm-hmm. really oh, yeah. showed. Yeah, yeah, re- really showed the situation that we're in. This is a Ponzi scheme. It is not a democracy. It never has been. It never will be. And if we don't determine that we are going to just go our way towards what we know is right, right, brother. That's the thing, brother. What we know is right. Yes. We, we, we oftentimes look to get uh, some kind of compliance with white folks. These uh, You call them Europeans. I call them white folks. Actually, they're pink folks. You know, <laughs> but, the, but the whole point is they don't have our, they it, don't have our existence. No, they don't have our they interest at in heart. They have never happened, they, never they will. They come 6,000 years ago, and we've been here since the beginning, and they don't think like us. I watched three birds the other day. And I'm going to end with this, but it just shows the power of unity. Three little, little birds mm-hmm. flying around my parking lot, and a cat came in and tried to catch one of them. The other two first flew off and then came back and ran the cat away. Mm-hmm. Now, one-on-one, the cat, the bird, was no no, no challenge for the cat. Right. But together. Two-on-one, they could have made him back up. Yeah. Three-on-one, they sent his ass running That's away. Right. That's right. And so, war, you know, war is something that happens in nature. It's not an unnatural thing. And that's why when you and I get guns, they consider it a threat just mm-hmm. buying it. Yep. But they got all the guns that they can get in their house. 
You see? And they got him for a reason because they know, like, in this game of chess, at some point, <laughs> we're the black people. Yeah. At some point, the black piece is going to get the king or going to put the king in attack. I'll put it that mm-hmm. way because that's really what the game is about. But, you know, I, I really, really – and one thing that – I'm going to leave with this too. The brother that just spoke, the one thing that he said that really stuck out on my, my mind is that laws that were not our own. We live under laws that were not our own. We live under laws that are not our own. Right. Peace, brother. All right, brother. Thank you. Hold on. Hold on. Good to, good to hear from you, brother Rick. Let me play this particular piece from... Um in London. It says, in Trinidad and Tobago, the curriculum was designed with the intention to promote obedience, order, and punctuality. Also, the willingness to occupy the lowest rungs of the job and societal structure. The Catholic Church... Education became a universal right in 1948. Let me, let me stop this. Uh, just recently, if you check the news, big news piece out on the Catholic Church of the number of people, the number of, of priests who have been molesting young boys over decades, decades, in the hundreds, if not the thousands, this so-called church and its history. So this is gravitas, and so we're going to deal with this piece here, and then we'll just dis- then we'll discuss this. But you know, um, we once again we are faced with some very demonic and evil systems, and and but yet we try to correct them. We try to make them more humane. We try we try, and we appeal to them as opposed to saying, to hell with them, let's go, our, let's go our, on our own. Church was advocating in favor of education. In fact, the Catholic Church took it upon itself to educate the masses. In 1859, it opened schools in Nigeria. Starting the 1880s, it operated boarding schools in Canada. In 1606, in America, was all of this philanthropy? Not so much. These schools were built on an agenda. They were meant to break down indigenous societies, pave the way for divine-sanctioned conquests, justify colonialism, and spread Catholicism. The church killed many students in this process. Infuriating opinion? I'm only stating facts. Hello and welcome to Gravitas Plus. I'm Palki Sharma Upadhyay. In May... The remains of 215 children were found in Canada, in South British Columbia to be specific. These remains were of students of the Kamloops Indian Residential School. It was Canada's largest residential school. It was run by the Catholic Church. At least 500 indigenous students lived in this school at any given time. How did some of its students die? You'll soon find out. In June, 751 unmarked graves were discovered. This time, it was near the Marieville Indian Residential School. This school, too, was controlled by the Roman Catholic Church. How did some of its students die? In June, again, the remains of another 182 people were found. This was near the grounds of a school called St. Eugene's Mission. This school, too, was controlled by the Roman Catholic Church. Why were human remains found in its grounds? 
In July, 160 unmarked graves were found. It was near the Cooper Island Industrial School. This school, too, was operated by the Roman Catholic Church. All of these were Canada's residential schools for indigenous children. At least 70% of these schools were operated by the Roman Catholic Church. The fund came from the government. The church's responsibility was to assimilate indigenous children into the dominant culture. How did the church do that? By destroying their cultures and languages. It began in 1883. Canada's first prime minister, John A. Macdonald, authorized the creation of these schools. Starting 1920, these schools were made compulsory for indigenous children between the ages of 7 and 15. Many children were snatched away from their parents and put in these schools. What happened once they got to these boarding schools? Children were stripped of all things associated with their native culture, from their language to their religion to their long hair, a source of pride for many native people. It was cut short. They were not allowed to wear traditional clothes. They were forced to speak English or French. If they spoke their native languages, they were punished, beaten, shamed, deprived of food. Most of these children were forbidden from meeting their parents. This was their punishment for being native. These children were told that they were dirty Indians. Their rooms were poorly built, poorly heated. The students did not have access to trained medical staff. They were often physically and sexually abused. Many of these students ran away. At least 6,000 of them died. How did they die? No one knows. Many of their bodies never returned home. The parents were informed only after the burial. By 1945, the death rate of children at Canada's residential schools was five times higher than the rest of the school children in the country. These children who died were all from indigenous tribes, the First Nations, the Metis, the Inuits. What happened to them was genocide. It's a term that's normally associated with Hitler or Xi Jinping's China. Well, the church too is guilty of genocide, of cultural genocide, of killing indigenous children, scarring thousands of others for life. Who knew about it? Everyone. Would you believe it? In 2015, a report published by Canada's Truth and Reconciliation Commission said, and I'm quoting, government, church, and school officials were all aware of these failures and their impact on student health. If the question is, who knew what, when, the clear answer is, everyone in authority at any point in the system's history. The church was destroying families in broad daylight, and this was happening outside Canada too. The church was vilifying native culture, destroying spirituality in the name of education. In the United States, Catholic priests partnered with authorities to colonize Native Americans. In Africa, the church helped pave the way for colonization. The Catholic church acted as an agent of the state. It contributed to the disposition of the indigenous people. It helped Imperial Britain build, control, and acquire new colonies. In sub-Saharan Africa, the British were happy to pay for children to attend mission schools. These schools were expected to make the people of Africa more governable and create workers and consumers for the empire. Here's a study by Norrell A. London. It says, in Trinidad and Tobago, the curriculum was designed with the intention to promote obedience, order, and punctuality. Also, the willingness to occupy the lowest rungs of the job and societal structure. The Catholic Church established primary schools in colonial northern Peru in the 18th century. Do you know why? To turn rebellious subjects into dutiful citizens of the Spanish Empire. Here's a research paper called White Teachers and the Good Governance of Indigenous Souls. It argues that in southern Australia, missionary education was aimed at securing a racial hierarchy.
Students were repeatedly schooled on white hegemony. The scholar writes, the missionary was quote-unquote implicated in extending a system of disciplinary control over Anangu bodies, minds and souls. Anangu are the indigenous people. The question is, why was the church acting like an agent of the state? The answer to that goes back to the Roman Empire. After Romans adopted Catholicism, the church became interwoven with the notion of divine sanctioned conquest. The Roman Catholic Church took it upon itself to spread Christianity, to convert indigenous people. The age of discovery came with an opportunity and the church became a major part of and a justification for colonization. Colonial powers claimed that they were trying to civilize the masses. The church agreed. I'm not saying the Catholic Church has zero contribution to education. It has helped set up schools in third world countries, made education affordable in developing countries. In many cases, especially in Africa, missions set up formal schools even before governments did. But all of this was not without vested interest. Let me give you some more examples. In southern Nigeria, the Church Missionary Society helped educate the Rigbo women. In India, missionaries developed many schools for females. In Korea, where women were excluded from formal education, it was a Methodist missionary that established the country's first formal education institution for women. This was back in 1886. But for the church, education for women did not have anything to do with gender equality. The focus was on male interests and needs. The focus was on furthering Christianity. The church believed that educated women could provide practical support to men, also help raise their children as better Christians. Girls were taught separately from boys, taught by female teachers with emphasis on sewing. Not much has changed over the years, by the way. The church has refused to change with the times. It is the 21st century, and you know that the Vatican is the only country in the world where women are still not allowed to vote. As for what happened in Canada's residential schools, the Catholic Church has still not apologized. I'll leave you with a question. Does the church have the moral right to lecture young kids on anything after all this? Not a damn thing. <laughs> yep. So... The gravitas. So, you know, uh, I read, I seen that yesterday in, on the national news about the Catholic Church and what it has done here. So you can imagine what it has done globally. But all of it fits in to Europeans' dominance and control of the world through various means through all areas, just like Frances Crest said. She said, European Caucasian extremism, racism, and privilege, which of course is white supremacy, is in everything they do. I repeat, it's in everything they do. All areas of people activity. Everything. And as a consequence, we somehow, once again, believe that we can appeal to these people morally, a people who have no morals, the people who uh, give less than a rat's ass. Six four six six four six. Good afternoon. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I, I hear what you're saying about the Catholic Church, man, and what they did around the world. Go back to what I'm saying. If there was 
a real so-called God, he wouldn't allow right. this sugar, honey, iced tea that go on. Right. I mean, I agree. it's just amazing. I, I mean, agree. the sexual perversion mm-hmm. and all of the other things, the robbing, the, the, the taking of African... I mean, you could go on and yeah. on. It's just simply nothing more than propaganda, manipulation, and all of those things and trying to put forward what their narrative is right. and how they want things to move forward on the planet. But, you know, you know, I, you just got to ask these people fundamental questions, man. And if they can and answer those fundamental questions, you just got to go on about your business because I'm not, I'm not down with seeing white folks as allies. I'm not trying to be friends right. with white folks. Right. My thing is this. If you white, go to your effing community and straighten them out and handle your business. Don't come and be my ally and try and help me straighten out what's in my community because History has shown me whenever I deal with you, whenever Mm -hmm. I deal with you, I never get the good end of the stick. I'm always murdered, raped, and robbed. That's history. And anybody who tells you otherwise, you just say to them simply, give me an example. And don't give me no example about no effing John Brown and all of that because that's a signal singular individual i'm talking about the race in a whole right exactly it has not been beneficial to african people there's always one good cracker (laughs) or there's always one good cracker that won't kill you but if given the choice between your liberation and his you know what the answer is exactly Exactly. I so that it. that's why I don't. I'm not into that Kimball Oz and Jane Elliott BS. Yeah. Well, Go I mean, community and straighten right. them out. Well, you know, for whatever Tim Wise does, or whatever Jane Elliott does, and any other Caucasians to talk to their community about it, y'all do that. I'm down with that. You know, but us constantly paying Tim Wise and others to come and talk to us, and no, man, that's crazy, man. That, but, no. but that's our re, that's our reality. Yeah. You know, yeah. there's this new term. I don't know if you heard it, but maybe some of the audiences heard heard it. They got this this chick man, Karen Hunter. She's she's oh, Karen something Hunter? else, man. Yeah. I can't, yeah, yeah, I can't believe. Yeah, she used Carl to be on MSNBC. She used to be on MSNBC. Haven't heard about Karen Hunter in oh, quite yeah, a while. Yeah, yeah. You know, you know who she is. Yeah. Well, she got she she calls white people melanemic. Come on with that BS. <laughs> They're melanemic, saying that <laughs> that because they don't have. The I mean, you really, really gotta check out her game and what she do. Well, what she do with 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 with, with and, and and this is the slickness of it. And if you don't know her history then you just get a little caught out there you think she really about something but the thing is she hooked up with some you know i would say african-centered people and 
she um, basically hooked up with Greg Carr. So her and Greg Carr oh, Greg do this Carr? thing yeah. on okay. YouTube. Okay. Yeah, they do this thing on YouTube. Okay, cool. And they've been doing it for like 167 weeks. Wow. And they set up this show. Yeah, listen, every Saturday, 167 weeks. You got to check it out and just listen to the game yeah. that's being played. And they set this thing up called, I think it's narrative. And it's supposed to be this space where so-called African-centered people come together to build. You know okay. what I mean? Or the information that okay. Dr. Clark puts, you know, on yeah. the basis of okay. what Dr. Clark and all of them is. Yeah. Now Dr. Clark and all this. Check this out. Okay. Check this out. Do you know people have to pay, I think it's $160 a year to be a part of that? Mm. Now, that, now, now, now no, I'm, I'm old school. Yeah, to be a I, part I of it, I don't know. Yeah. I went to lectures and I did all that. I paid my $3 for my lecture. I paid for my tape if I was going to do that. But I'm not, I'm not being an African in being placed in a space and you gonna charge me a hundred and sixty dollars to be a part of that space where you got faggots running up in there talking about they African conscious promoting a homosexual um I, um agenda in regards yeah. to being African. Yeah. You know what I mean? Me and Brother was talking talking about this because they got this guy that that she that she promotes kind of heavy. Uh, Dr. Daniel Black, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. He one of those master slick talking, okay. you know, so-called Africans. He right there in Atlanta with you at Clark University. Okay, Dr. so he's Daniel homosexual? But, huh? You say he's homosexual? Yeah, he's a, he's a, yeah, he's a monkey man, twisted yeah. sister. Uh, you know, that's, just like, that's, that, that's just like when, uh, 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 what you call, used to be on... Uh, uh, um, Kathy Hughes' program, um, Roland Martin, he had his program in the morning, and he's had a number of guests, and he would have Cleo Monago, who is homosexual. He would have Greg oh, yeah, Carr. Yeah, Greg Carr. And, of course, he would have Negroes. And, and I remember yeah. when he had Umar on, and Umar f just flat out smoked them Negroes. But let me let me get another oh. couple of calls in here, Jay. Yeah, Greg, Greg, Okay. Greg. All right. Uh, Brother Paul. Yeah, Baba Ochi. It's very interesting, you know, the connection between the first um, piece you played and the last piece, because the first piece uh, implied that the three powers of the world was Catholicism, um, yes. the arm, the military arm in America there, and uh, the financial arm in London. Right. The one, the, one, the one word, and this is why I say, Baba Ochi, and you've heard me on your, your shows, um, uh, push back against this idea that we 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 as a people are at war, because I don't I don't feel that one bit. We are not at war. It, how can uh, in my mind I cannot literally accept that people at war. It's like it's like you know we know brother Irv was in the army. I think he was in the air force. We we got um you know other brothers. But imagine them being trained in the U.S. Army, yeah, and then start attacking one another, shooting one another, helping to kill off one another. How can that be considered a war? That could not be considered a war. 
that is a genocide. Yeah. So but my point yeah. is this. Based on what you've played and the connection, and even with the Catholic, uh, there's another part of the Catholic Church is even more seditious than the mere mention of the Catholic Church. And that is the... Um, Oh, it just escapes my mind. The part of it, the uh, who the assassins. Um, oh, like the Knights Templar. There's a section of the Catholic Church who just deal in in annihilating people, yeah, killing people, right. poisoning people, stealing exactly. people's ba- babies, etc., mm-hmm. etc. Now, let me tell you an even more shocking thing. Yeah, I remember seeing years ago pictures of, of um, Robert Mugabe. I'm sorry to say, made the most high rest he saw kissing the Pope's ring, and that triggered. Um, things in my head. Why is this person everybody calls a champion, Robert Mugabe, kissing the Pope's ring? Well, when I done my research on him, it, it, I, I, I found the connections. He was brought up by a Catholic uh, uh, in the Catholic school, in the okay. Catholic church, mm-hmm. Robert Mugabe, uh, a, a Jesuit. That's the word I was looking for, Jesuit. Oh, by Jesuits. two okay. Jesuits. Mm-hmm. Okay. The Jesuits, if you don't yeah. know, if for people who don't know, Mm-hmm. are the military wing of the Catholic Church. Mm-hmm. They deal with the... Beep, uh, 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 they carry out the murderous, genocidal acts for the Catholic Church, the Jesuits, okay? Mm-hmm. And Robert Mugabe was brought up by Jesuits. So you have to question these things. You have to look at these things. What role would he really play? And that's how deep this game is being played against us. Right. Right. A whole heap of us send our children to these Catholic churches. I've got friends who, are, who went to Catholic school, right, who speak very well, who speak very conscious, but sometimes they say things to me I have to question. And this is how they've got us. They have got control over our minds. So what's being played out is a word which is not used. We are not a war. What's, be, what's happening to us, which is more, which is more extreme than a war, is a Quiet genocide is what's happening to us. And that makes me almost want to cry and throw up my hands and shake because we are being genetically removed of the planet. Yes. We just had this pandemic. What do you think that was about, the pandemic? The pandemic was aimed at us. And how many of us took that jab? How many of us? Oh, man. But we don't want to speak about that. We want to pretend like that didn't happen. But it did happen. That's in our lifetime. So we can speak about 100 years ago and question what was really going on there. But let's speak about today. A lot of us went and took that jab. How dare we? How dare we accept that this devil has our interests at heart? That's how dumb some of us are today. And we'll come on this radio and talk all kind of bullcrap. Bullcrap! Today, we do it. I'm fed up hearing the bullcrap from people. Let's talk about the ones who, who was hoodwinked by these people just the other day. Wearing masks, Okay. Um, t- fighting down their, their, their relatives because they believe this devil. And this is how this devil's got us today. Right. So, no, we're not a war. There's a genocide taking place. And we are playing our part in that genocide, helping to kill one another off this planet. That's the reality of our situation. Yeah, so we are so involved in helping each other, helping them to kill each other off the planet, telling us, yeah, go get that jab. Even in our own damn families. Can you imagine that? Even our mums and dads are telling their children, go and get this jab from this devil. This is what they're telling their children. This is how dumb we are in 2023. And I'm sorry to speak like this, but this is how it gets me. Because I look sometimes and I think, what's happened to us? 
What's really happening even today with so much information out here? You just have to go on your phone. You can do your own research. But yet you're telling your children to go and get a dab from a devil. Yeah, That's well, the reality. Well, you know, Brother Paul, I feel, your, I feel your passion. I love it. I respect you, love you, and I understand it. Because to me, I don't give a damn what the hell they say. If they say go right, I'm going left. They say go up, I'm going down. I don't give a damn what Caucasians say. This system, whether they're uh, United States, Britain, England, whoever, Spanish, whatever, to hell with them. We have to do for ourselves. And that's what we must begin to develop. The, the, we the must respect. do for ourselves, Baba Ochi. And what we must do, we must Sankofa. Sankofa means yep. to go back, back to the fetch. source and fetch. Yeah, it go means to go fetch. back and get your righteous mind. That's, right. That's what you must fetch at the source. Your yep. damn mind. Yep, I agree. Retrieve, recapture, and reclaim the African mind. Appreciate you, Brother Paul. All those listeners, appreciate you. Thanks, family. We end this program like we end all of our programs with the words of Stephen Biko. The most potent weapon in the hands of the oppressor is the minds of the oppressed. This program is dedicated and committed to helping to free the African mind. But not just the M-I-N-D, but the M-I-E-D, because under the feet of African people lies all of the resources that everybody wants, think they can't do it out, and that damn it, they sure hell don't want to pay for it. Brothers and sisters, you have a blessed and wonderful day. See you on Friday when we talk about the African Liberation Day, the one we're having here in Atlanta and hopefully in your particular area. There's no more important day than African Liberation Day. That's a good focus for us because we need Africa to be liberated so we can control our land, control our resources, and all get rid of all of this damn foolishness. Shim Hotel, go in peace. Esante Sana, thank you. Bibi Fahodier, Bibi Fahodier is our victorious destiny. Family of Bibi Fahodier, peace. <laughs>